0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week. Now, it's only about 13 or so minutes each day, but that keeps us in God's Word. That keeps us focused on our faith in God and our relationship with Him. It also helps keep us with a better mindset, a more spiritual focus to deal with life every day. Help people in your life to turn their lives around. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Help them to grow in their faith, to come closer to God by sharing these short studies with them every single day. With your your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can. Through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody come to salvation through Jesus Christ and be in heaven for all of eternity with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. What a blessing for them and for you. Make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our new line of thought and study. We're talking about God's love. But a lot of people like to talk about God's love. But a whole lot of people really don't want to talk too much about our response to God's love. And so we're talking about God's love. And your response? Now we noted that God has demonstrated His love for us through the through the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is a message of salvation, of forgiveness, of redemption, of being born again. The apostle Paul wrote in Romans one and verse sixteen, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ." For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel message, the message that God sent his son to this world in human form that says we can be forgiven, we can be made right with God again, we can be saved, we can look forward to eternal life. That's the gospel. The gospel message, that message bears the power of God to our salvation. The Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the church at Thessalonica, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, he wrote about the importance of the gospel. And he said, therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught whether by word or epistle, that you may, uh, now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting uh, consolation and good hope by grace comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work. Now, how how can we come to that kind of a relationship with God? Go back to verse 13. We are bound to give thanks to God always for you, Brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth, to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, God's love. What does it say? Brethren, beloved by the Lord, and God sent Jesus, his Son, to bring that gospel message of salvation through which we are called to forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ. That gospel message, that message whereby we can come back into a right relationship with God. We can be made new spiritually. We noted perhaps the most quoted verse of scripture in the entire Bible, talking about God's love for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, don't get lost in the anonymity of that phrase, the world. For God so loved the world. Make it personal. That's where it really has the most meaning for you individually and personally. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. That if you will believe, and that's a belief that's put into action through obedience and faithfulness, that if you will believe, that you should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, the apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So that includes you and me. And then in chapter five, beginning with verse six, he says, when we were still without strength in due time or at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. A whole lot of people don't want to think of themselves as being ungodly, but outside of Christ, everyone is ungodly. Again, what did, that, what, what did Paul say in chapter three and verse 23? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so what God did in his love for each of us, he so loved you that he gave his only begotten son, that if you will believe in him, then you can have eternal life. When you were still without strength because of your sin, in due time, Christ Christ died for the ungodly, for you. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, toward you. God demonstrates his own love toward you in that while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. Now I know he died almost two thousand years ago on that cross, and you say I was only born thirty years ago, or maybe forty years ago, or maybe less than that, or more than that. But it wasn't two thousand years ago. Well, in prospect, he died for you on that cross. He died for all of humanity who had ever lived before him, as he died on that cross. Who all who were alive at that moment in time when he died on that cross, and all who would ever live until he comes again on the final day of judgment. See, that includes you. And again, remember what Paul said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That includes you. God loves you so much, demonstrated his love for you so much, in that while you were still sinful, Christ died for you. In verse 10, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God, brought back into a right relationship with God through the death of his son, when who were enemies? When we, and make it personal again, you were an enemy of God because of your sin. Now, we don't like to think of that. We don't like to think that, that I could be an enemy of God. But remember what Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 59 and verse 2, and that's God's word just as much as John 3:16. Your iniquities, your sin has separated you from your God. God can forgive. God wants to forgive. But first we need to come to the realization, each individual one of us personally, and that's you, That we, each one of us, are sinful, are sinners outside of Christ. That's you, as well as me and everybody else alive right now. Outside of Christ, until we've come to God through our Lord and Savior, his Son, Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, till we come to him, his way, We're sinners, lost in our sin, because the wages of sin is death, Romans 6 and verse 23. But God loves you so much that he had the apostle Paul include the rest of that verse. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So both sides of the ledger, so to speak, both ends of the spectrum, the wages of sin is death. So if you have not yet come to God through Jesus Christ, him who God in his love sacrificed on that cross for you, then you're still lost in your sins. A whole lot of people don't like to think about that. In fact, some of them, maybe many of them, would get angry at that statement. But again, that's the reality. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God loves you so much that he made the way for you to be be forgiven of your sins, to be redeemed, that is, bought back, to be reconciled to him, brought back into a right relationship with him, to be saved and have eternal life in heaven. In John chapter 15 and verse 13, on the night of his betrayal, the next day Jesus knew he'd be on that cross. He was with the apostles and is giving them, oh, several lessons, both by example and by instruction. In verse 13 of John chapter 15, Jesus told them, "'Greater love has no man or no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends.'" And then he said, in the very next verse, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. You are my friends. But there is a condition to that friendship, to that identity as being one of his friends. We must do what he commands us. Back in chapter 14, still the same, the same general context, that night before his betrayal, that night before his crucifixion. In chapter 14 of John, in verse 15, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. The sense being, if you truly love me, you will keep my commandments. He said it again in verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And then again in verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. And then erasing any doubt as to meaning. In verse 24, he said, he who does not love me does not keep my words. Do you love Jesus? God sent Jesus to that cross out of his love for you. How have you responded to God's love? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us. Please continue to love us. Help us to come to you through Jesus Christ and take advantage of that love as we surrender our lives to him in baptism so the blood that he shed on the cross through your sacrifice of him and cleanse us of the guilt of our sins. Praise, glory, honor, and thanks be to you, Father, for your love for us. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.